It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this If we sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind What are you thinking? Do you know about straws back then? Do you know I flung them at your husband? I'm not thinking of him. Why'd you marry him? Do you know he voted leave when his mom doesn't have documentation for this country? Wow. (laughs) He's misogynistic often. Hey, hey. Yeah, that's, wow, wow. Tony Braxton really spoke to me then. Yeah, she really, really spoke to me. Yeah, I had to to come back and like do that one, do that one, some justice. Yeah, well, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, Suck Your Mum. It's another week. Well, another two weeks. And it's me, Kalechi, in the place to be. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, it's becoming more and more of um, a challenge. I feel like if I'm releasing these episodes every, what, two weeks, then I've got, I want to say guaranteed, God willing, I've got about three more episodes in me like to get here unassisted if 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 assisted maybe four but three two three I've got in me so we're going to make them count um I really try to do all of the things and obviously I'll be back um god willing after um the baby arrives you know the tenant is evicted you have been evicted from Kalechi's Punani please leave the big brother house <laughs> Yeah, anyway, um, but let's see. Um, let's see. Hay fever's really mad. So if I sound sound really stuffy, it's because hay fever's moving, um, the pollen count is moving wild up in these streets. Um, yeah, I mean, I always think about the Tony Braxton song, you know, he wasn't man enough for me. And I always wonder the context that the person singing those words came at the other person with. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't man enough for me. Cool, sis, but he's man enough for me. So why did you now come come and tell me this story? Unless, did you approach, you as the new girlfriend, yeah? Did you approach the old girlfriend or you as the wife or whatever? Did you approach this ex-girlfriend of his because you're feeling a bit insecure and she's an Instagram baddie? I don't know. And you just thought, I'm going to approach her and be like, oh, FYI, I married that guy that you used to see. Of course, she's then going to be like, you dickhead. He wasn't man enough for me. That's the only reason you got him because he wasn't doing what he needed to be doing out in these streets. That's why I let you have him. Um, or is it a case of, you know, you're minding your business, you're happily married, you've posted your pictures and, you know, you're like, you know, love of my life, had the best day ever. And one pussy clerk decides to DM you and go, oh, hey girl, congratulations on your wedding. Just wanted you to know that he wasn't man enough for me. And you know that I made him leave because one of those situations, you are going to get clarted as the married woman or the person who DM'd you is going to get clarted as the ex-girlfriend. So we just need to know which one it was really. Cause I listened to the song and I'm just like, but 
if it's the way that the person's happily married and you've approached them, bitch, nobody begged you and you sound miserable. But if it's the case of you are minding your sweet, sweet business and this person came to come and say, oh, hey girl, I've married him. Just wanted to let you know. Then I'd be like, bitch, I don't care. Like nobody cares out here. Some of you are marrying like, um, that's so rude. I'm not going to say that. Anyway, haha. <laughs> Let's carry on. Let's carry on. Let's leave that alone. What have I been up to? So thank you to everybody who came to my twerk shop at the Hoxton Hotel in Holborn. That was, when I say it was such a vibe, like you all brought your A game and it was so moving. Those of you who cried and, you know, it's it's meant to be um, healing, you know, it's meant to be cathartic and it's meant to be healing. And that's why I um, structure the workshops in the way that I do. And no, Nobody does it better than me because it's not about just shaking your bum, shaking your bum. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing to reconnect those areas of yourself that are wounded? You get me? Like people don't focus on that enough. It's not, I'm not out here to just shake bum, you know, I'm here to shake spirit. <laughs> anyway, so thank you all to everyone who came to that twerk shop. My final twerk shop um, for for a while will be on the 20th of July at the Institute of Contemporary Arts because you know your girl is booked and busy and I'm twerking at the highest echelons of society. Um, no, so I'll be doing a twerk shop at the um, Institute of Contemporary Arts. That's the ICA. And that'll be on a Saturday, 20th of July at 4 p.m. And um, I'll add a link to this um, to this as well, to this episode as well. So you can grab it there. Um, Primary is for black women. So all the white women who listen, you had your chance to come to the twerk shop at the, um, Hoxton Hoburn. A few of you came through. This one is not for you. Um, so uh, black uh, people who identify as women, you know, this one's for you. Come through my G's. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be wonderful. And that will be the last one It's at the politics of pleasure kind of weekend that's been um, curated by Rita Gale. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be great. Politics of pleasure. I want to talk more about the ting. So yeah, I'll be doing that. And that's actually a day before my baby shower. So yeah. Wonderful weekend. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for a wonderful weekend. May God just bless up the things. Bless up the things, them. Um, and yeah, and I did um big up girls talk. I did a panel discussion because they had a collaboration with Nike, Girls Talk and Nike. Um, I did a panel discussion with them at um, about power and I was glad to have been there. Thank you for my new um, trainers, or as you Americans call it, sneakers. Um, So yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I want to just say something about panel discussions because you guys know me. You know that I can't just like hold my mouth and hold my tongue and just be out here pretending to be cute. At the end of the day, I'm just a baby girl. Just a baby girl in a baby world. Yeah, I'm just a baby girl. So sometimes things get very, very hard um, trying to keep my, just to hold my tongue. But there are some things that I just want to address. If you are the chairperson of a panel discussion and you've asked the pronunciation of my name a good three times, don't then go and mispronounce my name when we now begin the panel discussion because I will not be able to refrain from wanting thunder to fire you. Um, 
I, it just really irks me everywhere, everywhere, even in the promo. So to the last the panel discussion and the last workshop that I've done, people have spot my name incorrectly in the promotional material. Bitch, you're the one who came to come and find me to book me. Why the fuck are you spelling my name wrong in a promote promo material? Especially since in my bio that is handed to you by management and everything else, my shit is spelled correctly. Why are you changing my name to K-I-L-I-C-H-I? Are you fucking dumb? That's not my name and nobody who's Kilichi? who's Kilishi? Kilishi is a delicacy that we eat in Nigeria but that's not my name respect the ting respect the levels I really fucking hate it because it's such a disregard for detail and it's such a disregard for hum- um, the humanity of someone. My name is Kilechi and it means thank God. Anything else is not my name. Don't do it. And then don't try to like justify your misspelling and be like, oh, but in other regions, I don't care about your other regions. Yeah, you take a straw and put it in your mum's other regions and go suck out you dickhead and spell my name correctly. Whew. Sorry, baby. The baby kicked then as if I was being wild. It knows me so well. <laughs> um, but yeah, that didn't um, go down well. I don't like my name being mispronounced, especially if you've asked me a good at least three times and I've told you what the pronunciation is. And also, if I'm talking, you must not be now talking. I'm talking, you are talking. How many talkers? Eh? It's a panel discussion. But for a, a discussion to be conducive and to be constructive, you can't ask me a question and as I'm answering the question or an audience member asks a question and I'm answering the question, you now jump in and you start talking. It's not like you're ad-libbing, you're just adding one word. Nah fam, you're trying to talk like four full sentences over me as I'm talking. I want you all to imagine now, just imagine, start having a conversation with yourself right now. Just go like, just start talking about how the, the day you've had so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I just come in with, yeah, because what I think about these sudden things is that because bitch, no, don't do that. Etiquette prescribes that if I'm talking, you wait for the gap to tell you that I finished before you jump in. There was no gap. I was literally in the middle of a sentence, like talking. And you know me, I'm not one of them people that puts awkward pauses in places. So you, you're well aware that I'm talking, right? But you, but I think that sometimes people just get really intimidated when I'm dropping the spiritual truths and they want to like, I don't know, um, meet me there and just be like, oh, me too. I know, me too. I know, but you don't. Because if you did, you'd wait for your moment. You'd wait for your time. So I really didn't like that. And I also don't like that. Ugh, sometimes when mixed race, mixed race people, mixed race people who haven't really sat down to really explore their blackness or their identity because um, of, I don't know, um, emotional scarring in their childhood or whatever they make some wild statements and I'm just like if I now start talking somebody will say Kelechi's harsh but I'm just trying to let you know that what you're saying doesn't make 100% sense and I don't even know if it makes 40% sense because you're out here going oh my god I love to see like interracial relationships with black women and white men because that's the family that you know, I had, uh, but you know, they were never together. So when I see yours, I just want to cry because, you know, people don't think about how close Jamaican culture is to like English culture. Um, because, you know, there are places in Jamaica that, you know, are called Portsmouth or called this and um, or I know Portmore, but, you know, you just they're called this and they're called that. So the, um, you know, culture is so intertwined. I'm like, do you, did one word, colonization two words 
slave trade. So I don't like what you're what you're trying to romanticize is not romantic. Um, and I just wish that somebody would sit you down and let you know that. But again, I had to bite my tongue because you know I was just like, you know what, I've come here to be a baby girl. I don't want to while out. Let me just keep it cute. Um, and also don't encourage people to, um, when people touch their hair and, and, you know, white people come and start touching black people's hair. Don't encourage black people to be like, to, to use it as a teachable moment. Motherfucker, I don't have to teach anybody anything. I don't want to teach anybody anything. And so it is not the duty of the oppressed to educate the oppressor. They don't have to teach people anything. And if that's what you want to do with your interracial family, I feel like you go ahead and you keep expending energy in that way. But please, do not direct other people to go and do the same thing because it's very, very damaging, extremely damaging, which was my other point. My final point is that when you are talking about health, please do not say once I used to, when I used to be fat, then I used to be healthy because they're not the opposites of each other. Fat is not the opposite of healthy because there are skinny girls, as you would call them out there, who are unhealthy as fuck. So therefore don't make that false equivalence or that false um, dichotomy because it's it's really, really wrong. It's really, really wrong. And it really bothers me. Those false binaries there, that's a problem. Um, fat is not the opposite of healthy and I hate shit like that. So that's all I really had to get off my chest in my own little safe corner of the world, um, which is this podcast. Um, yeah. And sometimes you, man, when you're organizing panel discussions, like, please check the people that you're getting on um, because some statements are very, very wild. But that's that. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say um, about that. Uh, Thank you to everybody. Absolutely wonderful people who got me so many gifts from my Amazon wish list. Like you are all incredible. Pinch punch first of the month. I hope you're all living your best life. Um, Thank you. Thank you so, so much. the, uh, this tenant pretty much has all of the things All of the furnishings for his outside apartment Not this inside apartment that he's currently living in It's always funny to me Like I always know the people who don't listen to my podcast Or don't engage with my page in any real way Because they'll go to me and they'll be like Oh my god, what are you having? Bitch, I said it I said it like weeks ago It's a boy it's a boy But you know I always just smile And I'm like uh-huh, It's a boy See I knew it was a boy Because the way that your tummy's sitting It's so neat and, and tight And uh, please stop giving me Running commentary on my tummy Leave me the fuck alone I don't care About what your thesis Or, or your, your your prognosis is About why um, you are correct In thinking I'm having a boy Literally leave me alone Anyway That is that let us then move to the tarot for this week and um, big up everyone who wrote in to tell me um, that the tarot reading in the previous episode really spoke to them. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That's all I'm really out here to do. And I'm keep telling you, man, if you want um, a reading, holler at Leona Nicole Black. Leona Nicole Black. She's a G. She's a baby girl. She will read you for filth, get you together and in the most loving, kind and beautiful way. So holla at home girl over there. So the cards for for this week, we got the King of Swords um, is the first card that we've got out of the tarot deck. Uh, Just trying to show the... um, the YouTube man them But yeah King of Swords Interesting Because the King of Swords Doesn't take shit And I feel like This is A representation Of the You as a person Probably a Libra But um You as the King of Swords You don't take shit 
Right You you, And it might be Some of you That just got This very strong Masculine energy Usually very assertive You know what you want And everything else So You as the king of swords You know what you want And you And you are very Sure And you don't take nonsense Like you're You're very very direct About the things That you want in life The next card That came up Is the six of coins So the six of coins Speaks about um, Prosperity And also the um, The beautiful balance Of reciprocity You know You give When you give in this life You will receive abundantly And But what's happening Is that You're very ready to give You have so much to give Right But you're trying to give it In a relationship Because the two of wands Is the next card And the two of wands Came out upside down You're trying to give it In a relationship That isn't really Meeting you where you're at Like you've got All of this passion And this purity Within you That you want to really Really infuse Into the relationships That you're in Whether it be work related Or not But this feels very Very much Like we're talking about Um like actual like romantic relationship You've got all of this passion That you want to put into a relationship But the person that you're trying to put it in with Isn't even meeting you where you're at Like they're not they're not matching your energy even, even if it's a friendship You've got friends out there that you are so passionate about Like you're always the one that's like Fam, let's go to brunch Let's do this, let's do that And then they're like Oh, um, can't make it this week Because um, like I'm watching paint dry And I'm scrolling endlessly through Instagram For a life that I don't actually want Um so yeah, so people, these people aren't meeting you where you're at Or this partner that you're with isn't meeting you where you're at Like they can be doing all these other things But, and some, what's coming to me is that Some of you might even be like married or in like long-term relationships And on the surface, everything's cool, everything's great But they don't really ignite that thing in you That there's, there's still an aspect of you that you kind of have to kind of quieten down because they aren't ready for it. They're not ready for all that you have to give in that sense. And so it kind of stifles you. And I know that it's about passion and loving and lovers because the major arcana card that came out is the lovers card, which says to me that, you know, that you, you want to put this passion, you want to put this passion into the relationship and you want to put it into something. It's not necessarily saying, um, you know, leave, dump him. No, it's just saying that be aware that you're not the problem. You're not the problem in it. Like, it's not that you've got too much passion. The person probably hasn't. People can only meet you as far as they've traveled. I always say that. So if this person hasn't really opened themselves up to the passions that they feel inside, they're going to be incapable of meeting the passions that you're trying to put into the relationship. But at the end of the day, you can't come and kill yourself. If they, if eventually, like you've tried other means, you've tried to talk to them, you've tried to, you know, like really um, introduce, um, introduce them to the ways that you feel and the things that you'd like to try out and they're still not on it. And you've maybe considered like some form of Therapy or something And they're still not on it Maybe it might be time To like Think about Not necessarily calling it quits But Thinking about where you can Put that passion elsewhere Nobody's telling you to cheat Because none of that Came out here But the card that I got from the Marcella Kroll deck is friendship. And it's maybe saying that redirect that energy somewhere else where somebody else can like meet those passions, not necessarily in um, a sexual way, um, but at least help you to convert that energy into something else. Maybe that's what you need. 
Um, and if some of you, if this is about a friendship, like your best friend or whatever, it's maybe saying to explore putting that passion into other friendships. There are other people around you that would love to see this side of you and they would love to explore those things with you. If your friend is church, 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 and they don't want to know and they don't want to explore these things, you know, go elsewhere, go with other friends to go and um, enjoy these things. Um, the Marcella Kroll Depp, the card that came out, like I said, it's number 17, Friendship. And that one says a new ally, positive support, community and camaraderie. Meditate when you want more harmony and peace in your community. Also used to draw new alliances and friends. So that's it. Like, think about it. Like, put your energy elsewhere. If it's a um, romantic um, relationship, think about maybe putting that fa- passion into doing things with your friends. Put that passion into you. Like, like th- we keep getting told by Megan Thee Stallion that it's a hot girl summer. Like, literally go and live your best life. Um, you can't wait for people to to find that passion within themselves. You've just got to keep moving because otherwise it's going to dull you down and we don't want you to be dull. We want you to live your best life. Um, the card that came out from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck is I've got the juice, I've got the source. You have all of the alert to command your world. Nobody has your particular brand of source or juice. Stun on these hoes. Literally stun on your man them, stun on your gal them, stun on your significant other, stun on them and let them know that even if you're not going to meet me at this level of passion that I'm trying to show, I'm still going to exude this passion anyway. You can't come and kill yourself. If you want to go on a girl's holiday, go on your fucking girl's holiday or your man them holiday. Go on your fucking holiday with your friends because if they don't want to go anywhere, leave them there let them sit there and you go and do what you want to do if you want to wear your 32 inch blonde wig and he and your partner's there saying oh well you know it's gonna it's gonna send a a random message to people fuck that you don't care about the message you're sending to people you want to live your best life live your best life do what you want to do you came into this world by yourself unless you're a twin and even then you still came out one of you came out first you didn't come out together at the same time you didn't like stretch your mother's fucking vagina in that way one of you at least came out one by one abby so if that's the case, go and live your life. Like, honestly, do you. That's what the cards are saying. So anyway, let's move on then. Let's move on to Share Your Magnificence. My Share Your Magnificence this week is a nice and simple. Big up Killing Eve. Big up, I think her name is Jodie Comer, um, the actress who plays Villanelle. And big up um, Sandra O, oh, who plays uh, Eve, Eve Polastri in that series. Season two was a fucking banger. Season one was a banger. Season two was a banger. When Jodie Comer, Villanelle, came out in that fucking sickening outfit in Amsterdam, the pink um, outfit with the beautiful earrings I gagged I fucking gagged Because I said wow Come and see style The stylist um, The the costume designer For that series Knows her shit Like knows her fashion shit But um, Nah Jodie Comer Like big up the white girl Big up the white girl That comes with all, all of this talent All of this talent Because the accents Were on point Her characterization, Her comedic timing Fuck my life That girl Is an, a, a brilliant actress Like Jodie Comer Is brilliant Please don't be racist Now that I've said this I don't want to see Some comment that she made in, Like next week That That is just wild You know But um, Jodie Comer Amazing Sandra Oh Really did that But um, yeah I really really enjoyed it And I just feel like Give credit where credit is due Like it was a joy Absolutely joy to watch brilliant acting on tv sometimes i watch it on tv and i'm actually cringing as an actor and as a director i'm cringing because i'm just like who chose this as the final edit for this scene who said that this is the edit that we're going for and if this is the best one this is the best scene that you managed to get from all of the takes 
something God needs to come back because this can't run. This is not okay. So I just love that every scene that I watched of Killing Eve was absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. And yeah, that's who I just wanted to give the shout out to because they deserve all the all of the awards. Um at the same time, sorry, wiping my nose. Um at the same time, I've got to big up um Renee Zellweger um for What If on Netflix. She came with guns ablazing. The last time I've enjoyed, I mean, I know everyone enjoyed Bridget Jones' diary, but I, it wasn't really. I, I thought it was all right. I enjoyed Renee more when I saw her in um, Chicago. I love that film. I love the play, and I love the film. So I loved her in that as Roxy Hart. But when I saw her in What If on Netflix, she acted the fuck. She acted the place the fuck down. So really, you know, I'm always picking up Viola Davis, who's my absolute queen. I'm always picking up all of, um, Regina King, all of these black actresses that just do the damn thing. But you, you re- I had to really bring it out for these white actresses as well. Jodie Comer, Renee Zellweger, you're like, you did what you needed to do because your series th- th- that come out this year have been absolutely stunning. And big up Sandra Oh as a woman of color doing her thing. Like, yeah, that was very, very enjoyable everywhere, all around. Claps all around. Two slaps on your chest to all of you, Gyal, because you are doing bits and you're doing fucking bobs. So that's it for Shay, your magnificence. Now let's get into the piping hot shit. The piping hot shit known as Say Your Mind. No, known as So You Mad. Look at my life. Look at my life. But yeah, So You Mad. So this week on So You Mad, let me start with a letter from AD um, that talks about, let me just get it out of the way, voluntourism. So if you don't know about voluntourism, it's this like... um, a white pandemic is what I'd like to call it, where white people, like I've said before in previous episodes, like to go and volunteer in um, Africa. It's always Africa or India. They like to go and volunteer in these places that they see as poor. Um, and, you know, we already, I've said in previous episodes why these places would be considered poor because colonization. Um so they go to these places because, you know, they want to do good in their gap year. I want to go do good in another country in Africa in my gap year. So um, they go and um, they just do the most violent shit, like pose with um, little black babies on Instagram and things like that. We've been through it already. Like I've said enough about it till I'm blue in the face. Thank you to everyone who sent me such lovely, lovely wishes about opening the orphanage. Like I said, I'm still a long way off, like literally still sorting out documents documentation to register the charity uh, the 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 charity um, the charity name register this register that but I'm on this thing and it's where I feel led to next I feel like after that God willing my next project will probably be a sports academy in Nigeria specifically because I'm fucking tired of all of our talent ending up in America and in America winning all of these medals because we don't have enough funding um within Nigeria to really hone our talents um so that's what I would like at one point to have a sports academy but that's probably in like I don't know maybe 15 years yeah maybe 15 years or something who knows but it's just an idea. It's just an idea. We'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Because obviously, those who know me know that my main focus is I want a performing arts school in Nigeria. Um, 
because we want to hone the talent again in Nigeria. For me, education, if you know, it's like my focus is on education and and um, and helping young people because I I believe the future, the children, uh, I believe the children are our future. Something, something. And let them lead the way. Yeah. Anyway. So that's what I believe. Um, and I'm really, really interested in in in, in cultivating um, children's uh, growth and 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 really, you know, um, helping them to hone in um, their potential. But that's by the by. So thank you to everyone that um, sent me lovely wishes about the orphanage. Um, obviously, that the, like 99.9 percent of it was positive, but there were some people who were like, "Oh my God, don't open an orphanage because what children need a family and not an institution, bitch." They are orphans. They do not currently have a family. And yes, I know that there are a proportion of um, children who are put into orphanages when they actually have family or parents that are alive, but they just don't have the financial means to look after them. That is why I as a bad bitch, have thought ahead. And I will also have a day centre attached to this orphanage because then those mothers who want their child to have great things but don't want to give up their children can come to the day centre and learn skills because I have cultivated enough of a platform to be able to bring people in from around the world and hopefully from the funding that I'll receive, I'll be able to pay these people to give workshops and, and courses that will help these mothers have the skills that they need so they can go and earn something for themselves to be able to look after their own children and not have to give their children up right so I have thought about this you fucking dickhead you fucking dickheads mind your business honestly like don't come at me with that energy of you think I'm another like I'm a white person that's just coming to come and do hickey hagar I've thought this whole thing through and through and I'm still picking out bits and fine-tuning things because for me it's about the good that's necessary that these children deserve yeah it's not about handing them off or pawning them off uh, or palming them off to to some um stupid misguided white celebrity no it's about making sure that they get the things that they need so they can be the best version of themselves hence the um, orphanage isn't even going to have many orphans in there or many children in there it's only going to be a few so they feel like they're actually in a home in a in somewhere that's their own not that oh i'm in a center you know, so leave me alone and mind your fucking business. Anyway, but back to this email by um, AD, um, where it says, hello, Kelechi, how are you? And how is your tenant doing? Tenant is doing okay. Thank you so much. Um, she, uh, she says here, um, Kelechi, I know how much you hate being the rent and angry black woman. So that's not what I'm doing here. I'm not asking you to come and do emotional labor, which means don't be angry. Forgive me ahead, but I really want you to see what I just saw this morning. Um, I hope this information will still be on Instagram by the time you see this email. The details are on the Insta stories of Nigerian YouTuber Adana Oakim. Um, her handle is Adana underscore David, I think. Basically, one of her Onyibor acquaintances went to um, Nambia. Or is it Namib- Namibia? Um... Um, and was holding up African orphans for the gram. Adana now respectfully told her to not do that, um, where this is perpetuating stereotypes, especially since she wasn't hugging or holding the kids warmly. Next thing, this woman says she didn't know it was perpetuating stereotypes that this these children are tourism orphans or some or she like that. Then Adana, bless her heart, 
continued to explain to her that this was nonsense, that she should take down the post or edit her caption. Homegirl now stopped replying and asked her manager to reply saying that the, um, the girl is on holiday. Adana now did a live video to explain that this girl is taking advantage of black kids. Now the girl has turned around to say Adana sent people to attack her. Just imagine, I mean, color me unsurprised. These people are really tiring. La Rokutukutu, Monday. Anyway, that's all for now. Just wanted to share it with you. Love you always. Love you, girl. Love you. Now, sorry, Brent has some really strong um, air freshener in here that's really setting off my nose. But so if you're hearing me sniffing a lot, I'm really sorry about the, the audio quality of this particular episode. But it's like Brent's trying to kill me with whatever fragrance is in here. And I'm very, very sensitive to fragrances. Like I don't use air freshener. I pretty much only use like incense and things like that and sage, and you know, around my flat. So yeah, I'm really dying from this artificial fragrance. Anyway, thank you, baby girl. Thank you for that. Um, letter. Let me just clear up a few things. Yeah. If you send me um, an email to sym at kelechiokafor.com, your email will always be welcomed. Why? Because even if I don't necessarily agree with what you've written in the email, the fact is you sent it through the channels that I have supplied you with. When you now tag me on Instagram, which somebody did and said, oh, hey, Kelechi, um, I just wanted you to see this. It's the same story that that person tagged me in on the Monday. Um, I just wanted you to see this because I know that you talk about this on your Twitter. Bitch, if you know that I talk about it on my Twitter, you'd also know that I've said I'm not your rent a fucking angry black woman. There's actually an episode where I talk all about that. Don't come at me with your trauma. I'm minding my business on Instagram only to see that you've tagged me in some bullshit. Don't tag me. Leave me the fuck alone. If you want me to read something, send it to sym at kelechiokafor.com and I'll read it in my own time because when I open the emails, I open them at a time that I know that I'm ready to receive whatever is in there within reason. But I know I'm ready to receive it. Not this one that you'll be tagging me on Instagram. You'll be tagging me on Twitter. Don't tag me. Don't fucking tag me in any bullshit. Now, I didn't, I chose not to engage with um, this particular story because one, Another black woman already has it on, on lock. Yeah. And I know that, yeah, you know, there's, there's power in numbers and things like that, but literally homegirl already has it on lock. I don't need to get myself involved in all of that. Adana can do what Adana's doing. And I'm glad that specifically it's Adana that's doing that. I, I don't like to talk crap about other black people. Yeah. Or especially other black women. But all I'll say is that for the fact that um, David or whatever the fuck put up that video, and I've mentioned it before, time and time again, that video of problems with dating a black woman or whatever. And he listed all of these things on those that YouTube video. I have not forgiven that until today because from to the best of my knowledge, that video is still up. And because that video is still up, I'm not with the shit. I'm not with any of it because I'm glad that she's now waking up because I know that she wasn't that woke before, especially since he said in that video, that specific video, oh, Adana and I don't like to focus on things like race and that because, you know, there are more important things that <laughs> what there are more important things than race in this capitalist society really you really tried that okay cool so that's why I've always given them a wide berth but I'm glad that she's now speaking up and so while she's um self-actualizing and 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 doing what she's doing and she's calling out her brethren I have to just leave her to call out her brethren homegirl's got what about 200 and like close to 300,000 followers or something on Instagram she can handle what she's handling she doesn't need me she's got enough people that's why I'm not getting involved yeah and minding my business unless it's something that I feel wholly passionate about I'm not coming to come and do tag team and be tagged into somebody else's hickey hagger I'm 
happy that she's doing this. Honestly, good on Adana for doing this. Like, keep going, keep going, girl. Keep doing this. Keep calling out your acquaintances and your brethren. I'm glad that you're now seeing the the wildness and you're and you're now speaking out. But for now, me, I'm not joining because one, that YouTube video is still up, and I have a major problem with it. Um, as for this woman, she's another white woman moving mad. Wow, I'm so surprised. Not so really. I didn't look at anything. I didn't try to delve into what any, um, you know, I appreciate this email. Thank you, AD. I appreciate it. But I just did not bother to look because, you know, it's going to be the same thing. They don't want to learn. They'll keep going to Africa. Um, they'll keep picking up black babies. They'll keep moving mad. So unless it's um, one that me, I've seen with my Korokoro eyes for myself from the beginning to the end, I'm staying out of it. Um, and and that's just what it is, you know, it, that's just what it is. I'm minding my business uh, and I'm glad that Adana took it upon herself at this moment to do what she did. Well done to her. Good on her for that one. Anyway, moving on to, to the next um, subject of So You Mad? So You Mad? Um, okay. So Wale Shoyunka is, um, has won a Nobel Prize for literature um, in 1986. He was born in 1936. So homeboy, uh, you know, he's grandpa, he's grandpa. He's, you know, he's, he's rather, el- you know, he's an elder. Now, a story came out recently in Nigeria about um, Wale Shoyunka being on a plane with um, some, you know, being being a passenger on a plane and another passenger got up, got on and said, basically, sir, you're in my seat. And, um, well, I showed you how moved to his seat. You know, it's one of them like window seat, then the middle, then the aisle seat, one of them situations. So Wallace showing how was meant to be on the aisle seat, but he was sitting on a window seat. And I'm just like, first of all, your big, big age, you not know which one is your seat, but whatever, whatever. I don't mean any disrespect. I just, I was just a little bit confused. Um, so then anyway, this was fairly smooth, this whole thing. Only for, I think his name is what, Tonye Patrick Cole. I don't know who begged him, but he decided to say, um, met one of the greatest Nigerians walking the earth today. And as with other times, he was genteel, witty, forthright and humble. My smile gives me away as he permitted the picture, whereas he would have preferred to get back to his newspapers. Um, then we boarded the flight and after assisting him with his bags, he took a window seat and promptly started reading again. A few minutes later, this young man, baseball cap, t-shirt to show his muscle chest. So wait, are you a gay? Are you a homosexual? Because why did you need to stress to us that, um, he was in a tight top that showed his muscle chest. What does that have to do with the story that you're telling? Like, so basically you, even yourself, you got distracted about the guy's physique wild. So he went on to say, um, yeah, this later, this young man, baseball cap t-shirt to show his muscle chest and tattooed biceps boards the plane and tells professor he's on his seat, which he was. Those of us, including the cabin crew, tried to reason with Bobo Fine to let him, to let the old man be put, um, um, to let the old man be, but the chap refused. He insisted professor should vacate his window seat, which the old man quietly did for his original aisle seat next to him. I couldn't understand how we got to this point where we no longer have respect for elders. Even if, um, we are so ignorant of the great global personalities in our midst. Is it so much to ask? Is it too much to ask that an elderly man be allowed to remain in a seat allotted to you in the same business class cabin and the same row? Now, wow. So 
first of all, I think like Tonya needs to shut his fucking mouth. Because the fact of the matter is You know that you booked an aisle seat I know that I booked a window seat For whatever reason I booked that window seat And we're all in business class And we're in the same aisle I don't give a shit I want the seat that I motherfucking paid for I don't care if it's the fucking Pope That's sitting in my seat Pope, get the fuck up and move to your seat Right? That's all there is to it I'm tired of Nigerians using Basically, I feel like Nigerians weaponize respect they weaponize like Nigerians can literally eat respect, and that's why so many people are starving. Yeah, that's why the infrastructure is 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 just the way that it is because people are more concerned about um respect than they are about the the things that we need for the country to run um in an optimal way. You know, you know, let's get education for the children. Let's get work for the youth. Let's get pension schemes that benefit people. Let's get clean water. Let's get run constant electricity. Let's get all of these things in place. No. Ah, he didn't kneel down when he was meant to greet me. Oh, he did not call me uncle. He did not call me chief when he greeted me. Oh, my wife is working nine to five. Who will feed me? Fuck off. Fuck off. Respect is going to kill some of you motherfuckers. It's like literally going to kill you fucking Nigerians if you don't get your head out of your asses. Wallace Shoyinka, the way that he was so radical when he was younger, he would have probably done the same thing if he was in that guy's shoes. I, it's not like the guy took off his belt and started flogging um, Professor Shoyinka and started flogging him and saying, old man, get out of my seat. He just basically said, I want my window seat. Can you move to your owl seat? It's really that simple. Now that you and everybody else is doing the most about, hey, oh, ah, let him sit there now. Ah, yeah, let him sit there. Ah, ah. What's your own? Because at the end of the day, Professor Shoinka, he got up and moved to the aisle seat because he knew that that's where he was meant to be. It's really so simple. If... Some of you just do stand, 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 stand. Like, oh my God, I stand this man. Okay. It's just patriarchy going wild. And I also feel like the other thing that that really pissed me off about that post was the fact that, oh, he has tattoos, he's muscled, he's wearing a baseball cap. Whatever he's wearing, bitch, you in your suit, him and his baseball cap and his motherfucking tattoos, you're all in business class together, ho, to mind your fucking business and leave people alone. If you are in my seat, I don't care who you are. I'm going to ask you to get up because before you shuffled over there, you knew what your seat was. So now get out of my seat. It's not like I'm asking you to move from the front to the back. You're literally moving one seat or two seats down, but I want the seat that I paid for. I just feel like Nigerians throw respect, 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 respectability around too much as a way of upholding white supremacist patriarchy. As far as I'm concerned, they they are so hell bent on having a hierarchy and that hierarchy is so oppressive that like, some of them is it's all that they care about. It's all that they care about. And it's misogynistic at the very, very, you know, at the very, very um, core of it all. So I just hate it. And while it's showing Carl, you've done some fantastic things. You've done a, you know, loads of fantastic things. So, so happy for you. So glad you're still alive. But that seat is not yours, sir. So, you know, go to your own. And that's all there is to it. So I just felt like I needed to mention that because it really fucking pisses me off when 
elders will move mad to you, right? And I don't necessarily feel like Wallace Shuyin can necessarily move mad in this case, but generally speaking, like Nigerian elders will move mad to you. They'll disrespect you. And the moment that you just assert yourself, they'll be like, ah, come on, see disrespect. Ha, it's me that you are talking to like that. Oh my God, I must call everybody in the village. Oh my God, you have to, fuck off. If you if you take me for Egypt, I'm going to take you for Egypt right back. Take me for Egypt squared. That's what we're doing. Take me for Egypt times two. Like we're going to do it to each other. It's going to be a back and forth. Don't take me... Don't don't take me for a prick. If you don't speak to me with respect, do not expect to get the same respect back. That's it. And that's how I've always been. My mom knows me. She knows to not put me in situations when any elders are going to move mad because I'll tell them about themselves right there and then. She can pick up the pieces later because those were her mad people to begin with. So I, I just feel like we all need to be coming with the same energy. Anyway, um, next one is um, the fact that the Women's World Cup is happening in um i think in france you know it's it's going well wonderful wonderful things um england played um who did they play the other day england played norway the other day and they really they really beat their ass 3-0 I wanted to cheer for them. I don't, if you don't know about me, I don't tend to cheer um cheer for England in most things. I don't because like I said, colonization. So I don't tend to cheer for England in most things. I'm always like the the party pooper whenever there's like the Olympics or whatever. I literally support everybody else but England, unless I've got like brethrens on the team or something. But otherwise I'm not involved. But it was especially hard to celebrate England's win in this occasion because all I kept thinking of was Eni Aluko, who in 2016 spoke up about the fact that their previous coach um, was assaulted let me find it assaulted one of the teammates and she was basically sticking up for her and this is what it means to be a black woman and be excellent in today's society because you know she had played I think she had 102 caps for England she'd played for England on numerous occasions numerous occasions people were like hailing her as such a fantastic footballer until she called out this white man's nonsense suddenly that fucking idiot Jill Scott not our black Jill Scott this white girl Jill Scott that's also a football player like they all went and uh, Jill Scott Laura Bronze um, all of them went to go and like hug that previous coach at the end of one match to show solidarity with him like you man would rather show solidarity you've got your black female teammate who is speaking up about the um, racial abuse and assault on the team and instead of showing solidarity with her no you will always show solidarity with with the with the men and this is what I mean and I'm going to go into it a little bit further um, shortly but white women always prioritize um, patriarchy over sisterhood and this is why feminism sometimes to me is a bit of white feminism specifically to me is a bit of a joke because you guys you lot don't care about each other you a lot of you lot don't care about each other you don't care about sisterhood you just care about maybe having the same power as your white brothers uncles and fathers um and grandfathers and and that's part of the problem because they were look I think it was, was it FIFA who ended up awarding this girl? I think they awarded her um, £80,000. She got awarded £80,000 um, in 2016 after she spoke up about that. Let me see. No, the Football Association. So Aluko um, has not been called up to the national team since May 2016, ever since Homegirl spoke up about the team. Um, earlier in 2016, she was paid 
£80,000 by the Football Association, despite a barrister state stating that there was no sufficient evidence to Aluko's claims of racism and bullying by head coach Mark Sampson and other staff. Wait, so you're telling me that the Football Association parted with £80,000? £80,000? £80,000? They parted, they parted ways with 80000 yeah? Do you know how much that is in Naira? They parted with £80,000, yeah? on something that had insufficient claims. You, my friend, are chatting out of your anus. You're chatting out of your motherfucking rectum because they would not have paid that money unless they knew that she had a point. But you want to still, you still want to deny it. You still want to deny it to yourself. And this is how our society works, where they clock the, the wildness that's happened, but they don't want to admit it because they know that it will be an absolute flood of other similar cases that they don't want to deal with. So they'd rather pay you off and as long as they don't have to acknowledge that that thing actually was wild and it actually happened. So, um, the Football Association later publicly apologised to Aluko after the same barrister found racist remarks were made to her and teammate Drew Spence following a third investigation. See, these motherfuckers had to do three investigations when there were two women going, nah, this happened. Two black women being like, nah, this happened. Yet they still had to do three investigations. So anyway, at UEFA's Women's Euro 2017, Aluko worked as a pundit for Channel 4 while her replacement as Lioness centre forward Jodie Taylor won the Golden Shoe as tournament top goal, um, top goal scorer. When England's players led by forward Nikita Paris, traitor, traitor, snitch, traitor, ran to celebrate with coach Samson after scoring in their next match against um, Russia, Aluko publicly criticized her former teammates, accusing them of selfishness, lacking respect and requiring diversity training. This is why Sally in HR has to be up in this bitch, has to be up with the uh, up in this football team's um, um, diversity seminars to get everyone up to scratch because Jill Scott is a pussy clerk. Um, Bronze, Laura Bronze, Nikita and Nikita, this one again, this one, when I mentioned earlier about mixed race girls who don't, uh, mixed race people who don't want to really delve into their blackness and understand how these violence also um, impact them Cool, cool, cool Because Nikita Paris is a great, great example of that But let me just be there minding my business um, So anyway, it says here um, that um, In an interview with the Daily Telegraph um, England right back Lucy Bronze Sorry I said What did I say her name was Laura Bronze Lucy Laura You're the same England right back Lucy Bronze um, Questioned whether Aluka was now good enough To be in England's squad And that is where You motherfuckers Will burn in hellfire You fucking pricks You absolute pricks So the moment That she spoke up into Before 2016 Before she spoke up She was good enough For the England team Now Because of speaking up Suddenly you're questioning Whether, she, whether she's good enough For the team Because that's what You guys do This is how you all come and now start forming like transformers when it comes to really perpetuating that insidious racism that that is the trademark of this country that is known as England like that is when it really really comes out of some of you so now she's not suddenly you're questioning whether she's good enough because you want to gaslight her and you want to make this about oh she's just throwing her toys out of the pram because she's actually not a good footballer play and um, good uh, good football player anymore. You know you chat shit. You know you chat shit. It's the fact that she dared to defy your white patriarchy that's set up within that structure of football in itself and then women's football 
as a microcosm of that. Like that, that is what you're punishing her for. And so now you want to attack her talent. And that's why Lucy Laura Bronze, you can go fuck yourself as well. Um, so Lucy Bronze questioned whether Aluka was now good enough to be in England's squad. Aluka remained surprised and disappointed at a perceived lack of support for her position from England's current players. The FA investigation had received substantial evidence of Aluka's own negative behaviour, which included an assault on an unnamed teammate. If bitch, if you got slapped up, you probably needed to get slapped up. So well done to you, Annie, for slapping her up. Um, Samson's successor as England coach Phil Neville did not select Aluka either, explaining first and foremost is she good enough to play for in, play for England? Is she scoring goals and playing well? The, those are the main first main factors, and then you have to look at the bigger picture with who else is in her position. Have we got competition for places? So Phil Neville again can go fuck himself. Him and his entire family, Gary and all of them, Manda, all of you just you fuck yourselves because that is wild. That is absolutely fucking disgusting. Like I, it, it really, really blows my mind that things like this are allowed to happen. And that's why I, I just struggled. I couldn't, I couldn't celebrate. I couldn't celebrate the thing. I couldn't because I just thought all of you, all of you gal, you gathered together to really bring down this black woman who was speaking out for her own safety and the safety of another teammate. But as far as you're concerned, no, no, she's not a team player because what you've got to do is get fucked by white men and just got to accept it and keep moving forward. That's how, they, like, even watching some of their mannerisms on the pitch, I just thought you guys disgust me. Like, you really, really disgust me. Like, I'm always proud for the athleticism that is always displayed when I watch um, women's football matches and things like that and just women's sports in general because women are out here fucking killing it and we definitely definitely deserve more funding for 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 us to thrive but at the same time disgusting behavior fucking disgusting behavior um and it just makes me sad so during this time watching the world cup i'm really really thinking of enia luko and i'm thinking of um how she must feel knowing that she does deserve to be part of that squad but because she decided to do the right thing and speak out and say her motherfucking mind she's now being punished for it um so fuck all of them girls fuck nikita paris fuck lucy laura bronze whatever the fuck her name is and um fuck jill scott fuck all of the fuck phil neville fuck mark sampson fuck everybody because black women will continue to slay whether you like it or not as far as i'm concerned even that norway is now doing wage parity i think they're called the norway um, men's team get paid the same as the norway um women's team for football um i don't know whether that includes bonuses and things like that but i just have to ask england the question when will you fucking marry when will you marry because norway's paying the gal them the same as the man them but you don't want to pay this lot some of these girls um playing for the um, England football team, still have to go and work some nine to fives here and there, still have to do this, still have to do that, still have to hustle because they're not getting paid the same amount that men are getting paid. Oh, the game's just not fun. Do you get what I mean? When I'm watching women, it's just not fun because they're not even fit. Like, But when you're watching man them, do they have to be fit to you? But I do always think that sporting has some form of homoerotic um, uh, facet that we never discuss enough, but whatever. Either way, these women deserve to be paid well, um, generally speaking. I mean, fuck all of the people that said fuck them. But generally speaking, um, women deserve to be paid well for playing the same sport and playing the same sport as well as men. They deserve it. And I want to see that change as well. I want women to get all of the things because they they deserve. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. 
Um, what else did I want to move into? Because I want to make sure that I wanted to, I obviously, obviously Ashley Graham. So Ashley Graham is a plus size model who is a white woman. She's married to a black man. And in her 2017, um, memoir, she wrote about, um, well, this Yahoo piece initially was about, um, Ashley Graham talking about going on holiday with her black husband and people spitting at him and how it makes her so sad. But it just aggravates me when white women use their proximity to blackness, mainly their black husband as a way of like, oh, I know about racism. I know about all of the things that happen and I care so, so much about it. No, no, because you still move mad. And in this article, it shows how she's still moving mad. She's talking about people spitting at her husband while they're on holiday in Italy or whatever the fuck. But then she also says, um, in she um, it's mentioned in her 2017 um, book, A New Model, What Confidence, Beauty and Power Really Look Like, Graham wrote about the negative reactions her own family had when she brought Irvin home. I never told my parents that the man I was bringing home was black, the Nebraska native wrote in the memoir. I naively hoped everyone would be colorblind, which is not what happened. When my grandparents met Justin, my grandmother was cordial but cold. She greeted him and immediately walked away. Fuck you lot Fuck you lot That like to bring Black people home And not give your Family a heads up That they're black Fuck you lot Because you could have Gotten that motherfucker killed You could have gotten him killed Right In this day and age Where um, white people Can just shoot black people Any which way that they please You could have got That motherfucker killed Because you didn't tell them That this is what was happening Forget the fact that Any Form of physical violence Think of the emotional And mental violence That you are inflicting Upon this person Because you're just like Well I'm going to be naive that they're going to be colorblind. Why? Why would they be? And why did you hope? You only hope for something that you actually know might not be within reach, right? So you're hoping that your family are going to be colorblind. Um, but what is colorblind even? And this is another reason why I said that the whole Adana and David thing, I stay the fuck away from it. When it comes to interracial relationships and all of that um, colorblind bullshit, I'm not with it. I don't want to know. I, I don't like it. So that's why I just keep my mouth shut. And all of you, man, that keep inviting me to your podcast, especially black men, who I see say problematic things all the time Who are like, oh, I'd love you to come on my podcast For what fucking reason would I come on your podcast? So you could come and stress out my life Am I a fucking idiot? To talk, we want to talk about interracial relationships No, I'm not talking with you about interracial relationships Everything I've had to say, I've said it online I've said it on my podcast Go and listen to it and leave me the fuck alone but, you know, I look at these situations and I think like, what do you mean colorblind? Oh, we don't focus on things like color. How? How do you not? How do you not? You're denying the the, the crux of someone's existence within this particular society. You're denying it because, oh, love, wanting teen. Go and sit down. Go and sit down. It's, 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 it's just fucking wild that you put your partner that you claim to love in such a position as to take them to meet your family and just hope for the best. So what is it? You're using them like some kind of um, game show, like guess family, guess what's behind door number one. It's a nigga. It's ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it so so much um, And then you're saying That your grandmother Was cordial but cold You can't be cordial But cold Like they're literally The opposites Like you can't be So your grandmother Was moving like a pomplex She was moving like a dickhead And then 
He says, when it came time for them to leave, my grandparents didn't even acknowledge him. Instead, my grandmother looked me in the eye with Justin standing behind me and said, tell that guy I said goodbye. What, while he's standing behind you, she said, tell that guy goodbye. Can you not see the level of racism? Can you not see how rotten and disgusting your grandmother is? And, and you're coming to, with your chest, come and write it in a memoir as if it's some kind of learning experience. And then it says, um... I had never seen my loving, hardworking and wonderful grandma be so hurtful and so racist. I was in shock. Why the fuck would you have seen it? You as a white girl, why would you have seen your grandmother be racist? Because you wouldn't have seen it because she wouldn't be racist to you, would she? And even in that situation, her racism was directed at your partner. So you wouldn't have seen it unless you were around her when she was moving this mad to other people. In and about the place But obviously you weren't And you had your rose tinted glasses on And a lot of you do And I, um, one person who watched me on the BBC show You know, the, my BBC my BBC Three show, Work It She started following me As lots of people do Started following me And then I wrote Unless your family give you reason To believe otherwise, yeah Always assume that your family's racist well, I'm white people, I'm talking to you Always assume that your family's racist Don't just guess Don't just hope for the best And throw black people Or um, other people of colour Don't just dash them into the ting Just assume that they are and, and make the plans Contingency plans That you need to put in place To protect that person that you're with from their racism That's what you need to be doing That is not their responsibility To come and absorb all of that fuckeries After they're absorbing it in normal everyday life And, and just trying to move through it anyway Like I wrote this And then one of the my followers is like What? And I need to ask you white women Why are you White women specifically Fuck all the white men I'm asking you white women specifically Why are you always more offended By the Possibility of being called a racist Or your family being called racist As opposed to being offended About actual racism What do you mean I should consider That my family might be racist Bitch I said what I motherfucking said Consider that your family Probably are racist And you just haven't seen it Because their behaviour is so normalised to you And you're not at the receiving end of their what? Their racism So why would you ever see it? Just assume that they are and work from there It's better to assume that they are and work from there Than to assume that they're not Bring a white friend around And then you now start doing mental gymnastics To explain why your auntie Judith Was now like rubbing her hands And washing her hands after shaking hands with With a black person Let's start there or telling them, oh, your nose is pretty squished, like we read in um, Queenie. Let's start there. Just assume that they're racist and it makes life a lot easier. Then there are some of you who are like, well, Kalechi, what if it's the other way around and it's a black person's family that were being mean to the white person? I'm going to tell you first and foremost that re- reverse racism doesn't exist. So if that's what you're alluding to, you can fuck right off with that bullshit. Um, and secondly, this. Um, Prejudice is different from racism, right? In the in the um, in the sense that a black family might be prejudiced towards you. They didn't want their fam- their daughter to end up with a white man. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. They'll be prejudiced towards you. Also, when we look at the historical context of that, why would they want you to be with a white person? Because we can't ignore this. Everyone wants to say like, oh, my white partners, this white man. But when we look at everything within the structure of whiteness and how it has operated and the people it, it, it has allowed in to afford to benefit from the 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 you know the wonders and from of of whiteness. 
every it's, it's few and far between and even now they're st- trying to move some people out of whiteness into brownness because again they want to keep all the spoils for themselves and this is why race and racism is a mechanism it's a construct yeah like that's what you've got to consider so um yeah, they might not like your white partner and, and that's sad and that's horrible. But again, you have a responsibility to protect your white partner from their fuckery. As much as you might understand historically um, in terms of um, contextually why um, they might behave that way, you still need to protect your partner from them. But it's not the same thing is what I'm telling you. It's hurtful, but it is not the same thing. That's all I've got to say on that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just wild to me that she thought this behavior was okay. But the part that really, really pissed me off was then it said the model added that her grandmother grew to love Irvin after he called to congratulate her on her 60th wedding anniversary. So he had to call this fucking dinosaur on her 60th wedding anniversary to congratulate, uh, congratulate her for her racist marriage and all sorts, congratulate her on that. Again, the emotional labor falls on the black person to do in order to win white people over. And let me just let you know, let me let you know now, yeah? I'm not trying to win over any motherfucker. I don't care. You don't like me, me too. I don't like you. You could fuck right off and go to the deepest part of hell and go and sunbathe there, yeah? And burn the fuck up. I'm not trying to win you over. But she's saying this as if it's so, so romantic. That, oh yeah, you know, then he went and he won her over with how amazing he was, you know, towards her and always, you know, reaching out and, you know, congratulating her on a wedding anniversary. I'm not going to keep putting myself out there. None of us have to keep putting ourselves out there to make white people um, accept us or find us less threatening. That is not our, that is not your role. That's not your job role. Your job role is to be um, a baby girl, baby boy, baby non-binary, living your best life in this baby world. Not to come and start appeasing people for their own sick for their own sickness that is racism. That's their, that's for them to deal with, not for you to deal with, right? That's all I've got to say on that. So Ashley Graham can go and sit down with her stupid memoir and her husband that clearly can't speak up for himself. Otherwise, he would have said, "Fuck that shit. I'm not. Um, I'm not doing what you said." Um. Anyway, to wrap it up, then to be nice and quick, let's move to the last segment, which is S uh, suck your mom, suck your mom, aka straw of the week. Straw of the week basically goes out to white men collectively, goes out to white men collectively, but also kind of goes out to white women who again choose patriarchy, white supremacist patriarchy over sisterhood. I've got three examples this week, so we've got the Tory MP. Um, Two Tory MPs who move mad. We've got um, Boris Johnson, who had um, some kind of domestic dispute with his wife, um, where the police had to be called. And then the police tried to cover it up. Like they didn't want to acknowledge that. they It wasn't down in record that they'd visited his home until further investigations was done by journalists or whatever. Then they had to admit that, yeah, actually they did, they did get called to the address and there was screaming, uh, there was screaming and a woman shouting, get off me. I'm disgusted by the number of white women specifically that said, oh, I think Julie Hartley Brewer, she, that, that, that vile, vile woman said, oh, what, um, um, couples argue all the time. What if every time you called, um, police, every time a woman shouted, get off me, um, where would we be? We'd be safe. You dumb cunt. We'd be safe. That's where, that's where we'd be. And it's, 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 
bothering me how white women are normalizing the violence that's inflicted upon them. It's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. Like you are more empathetic to your oppressor and your captor than you are to yourself. What is this? What is this? That if a woman is shouting, get off me, fam, I'm calling the police. If I hear, get off me, I'm calling the police. It's really that simple. But you man are out here going, oh, we argue like that all of the time. So that tells me that you're withstanding violence from these white men constantly, constantly, but you will refuse to back up. You will refuse to like, to, to stop backing them up. You will stay right there where you are. White women, this cannot be your lot in life. You cannot come and kill yourself like this because you want to do, um, 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 white princess, white princess, white queen. And, and, and for what, for what? So you should come and die supporting white men who are beating you constantly. That is not a life to be living. Um, in this article, it says police were called to the home of Boris Johnson and his partner, Carrie Simmons in the early hours of Friday morning after neighbors heard a loud altercation involving screaming, shouting, and banging. The argument could be heard outside the property where the potential future prime minister is living with Simmons, a former consecutive uh, conservative party head of press. A neighbor told the Guardian they heard a woman screaming followed by slamming and banging so she's not his wife she's his partner um at one point Simmons could be heard telling Johnson to get off me and get out of my flat the neighbor said that after becoming concerned they knocked on the door but received no response I was hoping that someone would answer the door and say we're okay I knocked three times and no one came to the door and the neighbor decided to call 999 two police cars and vans arrived within minutes shortly after midnight but left after receiving reassurances from both of the individuals that they were safe in the flat um, when contacted by the Guardian on Friday, police initially said they had no record of a domestic incident at the address, but when given the case number and reference number, as well as identification markings of the vehicles that were called out, police issued a statement saying at 0024 hours on um, tw- Friday 21st of June, police responded to a call from a local resident in South London. The caller was concerned for the welfare of a female neighbour. Police attended and spoke to all occupants of the address who are all safe and well. There were no offences or concerns apparent to the officers and there was no cause for police action. And this is why men with power, white men with power continue to kill and kill and kill and nobody cares, right? So initially you were saying that you didn't have any recollections until you were given the receipts. When you were given the receipts, suddenly it's like, oh yeah, 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 that did, that did sort of happen because we will go to any lengths to protect white men from their own violence and it's white women that are the biggest biggest perpetuators of this um act of protecting white men from their own violence and why are we doing that because we don't want to fuck up his chances of being the next prime minister at this stage there's nothing you can do to fuck up boris johnson's chances of being the next prime minister because who else would it actually be he's going to be britain's next time prime minister and there's nothing that we can really do about it he's a vile stupid buffoon but we're just going to be stuck with him and and that is what it is um so that just made me really, really uncomfortable reading that. Um, so that's one Tory MP. Then we've got the other Tory MP, Mark Fields, who um, last week, or um, it will be a couple of weeks ago now, decided to grab a green a peace protester, a woman, by her neck, slammed her against the pillar, then dragged her out of a, um, a venue that she um, happened to gate crash. He dragged her out by her neck. And I was listening, listening to all of these white women coming on the radio because fucking Uber drivers and fucking LBC. I was listening to all these white women coming on the radio going, oh, but you know, Mark Field makes a great point. What if she had been armed, bitch? He knows she wasn't 
armed. That's why he did that. If it was a man, he would not have jumped up with the same vim. He would never have jumped up if it was a man who'd come up in a venue that he didn't recognize. He wouldn't have jumped up with the same vim. Then he was talking about, oh, I jumped up and grabbed her because, um, People felt threatened. I watched a video of what happened, of the incident, and it didn't look to me like anybody felt threatened. Nobody was bothered really by this woman being there. But what broke my heart was when he drapes up this woman, slammed her against the pillar, dragged her out by her neck, yeah? Certain men were clapping. They were clapping in that room. And all of you can go fuck yourselves and you can suck your mums, yeah? Suck your mothers because that is disgusting behaviour. A Greenpeace protester, why would she even be armed? Why? Why? She's pro- she is protesting for a better environment. Why would she be armed? But again, it's the way that you like to spin stories to make those who aren't, who are the oppressed, you want to make them, oh, the, you know, the violent ones. They're the ones that are going to, they're the threats. They're the real threats. No, you as white men, you are the threats. You are the threats across the board. You are the original terrorists. Everybody else is just playing catch up. You, man, are the original terrorists. And again, to know that this is happening and to just be all right with it is absolutely mad to me. And all the men, like, I was surprised that there were actually men coming on the radio to say that what he did was wild. What he did was wild. And I'm surprised. And the men were saying that they were surprised at a number of women who were coming to defend him. But I was just like, I am not shocked because white women will gather, will gather to come and support white supremacist patriarchy because they've been led to believe that they must have some kind of alliance to their protector. But white supremacist patriarchy, bitch, is not protecting you. It's a fucking lie. It's not protecting you. This idea of your femininity and your, your purity being protected by white supremacist patriarchy is a lie that you have been told to be complicit in a fucking violence. Wake the fuck up. Finally, the biggest fuck you of all, the biggest suck your mum of all, obviously goes out to Donald Trump because then I read um, that he, whew, this man, um, he's basically got 16 counts. 16 counts of sexual assault are against this man, um, this fake president that I will refuse to acknowledge. Um, Jean Carroll um, alleges in a New York magazine that Trump raped her in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room in the mid nineties. Um, she used to be an advice columnist. I don't know if she still is, but, um, how is it that so many women have said that Donald Trump have attacked them, has attacked them. And we've heard him on tape say, grab women by the pussy. Yeah. People are still having debates about whether it could be possible that Donald Trump is a rapist. How is this? How, how, how is this still a, something that we can debate. How is it that we are in a world right now where these women have come forward, these white women have come forward and said, Donald Trump did this. We've heard him on tape say, I grab women by the pussies, just grab them. When you've got power, no one can chat to you. He said that in the tape. Yet you're all still deliberating about whether it could be true. Is this the way that you all want to live your lives? White women, is this the way that you all want to live your life? Is this the woe that you want to continue to exist in? You... For your own sake, forget the rest of us, for your own sake, you need to dismantle white supremacist patriarchy because it is not serving you and it is killing you. Literally, it's killing you. It's killing you. It's killing the rest of us, but it's killing you as well. But you don't want to see it. You don't want to see it. You'll do your little pussy marches up and down, up and down the street, but you don't. But when it comes time to vote, you will always vote in the interest of white supremacist patriarchy. You, will not, you won't go and vote for your sisters. And that's part of the problem. A white woman will put herself forward as, um, for, as the next um, presidential candidate and whatever else and you girls will turn around and go oh there's just something about her that I don't trust you know there's just something about her that I don't trust 
What you don't trust in her is what you don't trust in yourself. That is the deep-rooted, internalized misogyny that you don't that you believe in within yourself that tells you to to not trust any woman because the only person that can protect you is a violent, raging, mad man. And that's all of you lot. That's all you ever keep voting into office. Raging mad men that will kill you. That's all you care about. Upholding that white supremacist patriarchy. And that is part of the problem. So um, in this article, um, just bringing it up now. It says um, a famous advice columnist has come forward to allege that President Donald Trump attacked her in the 1990s in a dressing room. The alleged and um, the alleged actions, um, as described by column, columnist E. Jean Carroll in a graphic detail, would clearly constitute rape. It says here, Carol is the 16th woman to accuse Trump of sexual misconduct. New York Magazine on Friday published an excerpt from her upcoming book, What Do We Need Men For? A modest proposal in which she described her encounter with the real estate mogul. Carol wrote that in the mid 1900s, uh, not 1900s, she was in Bergdorf Goodman when she ran into Trump. Trump, recognizing her as a famous advice columnist, asked for her help to buy lingerie for an un- unnamed woman. Carol then, 52, obliged and followed Trump to the lingerie department. Once there, the exchange turned violent. The moment the dressing room door is closed, he lunges at me, pushes me against the wall, hitting my head quite badly and puts his mouth against my lips. I'm so shocked. I shove him back and start laughing again. He seizes both my arms and pushes me up against the wall a second time. And as I become aware of how large he is, he holds me against the wall with his shoulders and jams his hand under my coat dress and pulls down my tights. I'm astonished by what I'm about to write. I keep laughing. The next moment, still wearing correct business attire, shirt, tie, suit, jacket, overcoat, he opens the overcoat, unzips his pants and forcing his fingers around my private area, thrusts his penis halfway or completely, I'm not certain, inside me. The now 75-year-old goes on to say it was a colossal struggle before she finally was able to push him out and off and escape the department store. The White House's statement to New York Magazine on the alleged assault is that Carol's story is a completely false and unrealistic story surfacing 25 years after allegedly taking place and was created simply to make the president look bad. Carol told two friends about the attack. Both told New York they remember the incident. Carol wrote that she didn't come forward sooner because receiving death threats, being driven by my home, um, being dismissed, being dragged through the mud and joining the 15 women who have come forward with credible stories about how the man grabbed, badgered, belittled, mauled, molested, and assaulted them only to see the man turn it around deny threaten and attack them never sounded like much fun and that is it so whenever people go well why didn't they come forward sooner they never come forward sooner because exactly this this is what they'll face this is what they'll face everyone gaslighting them and telling them that it never happened i'm so sorry jean carroll that you were put through that i'm sorry to anyone who's experienced such and i will put a trigger warning with this as well um that will that i um discuss rape because How is this man president? He's only president because you hate black and brown people so much and you hate womanhood so much, even though you're a woman, that you will vote for the most violent white man. White women, please do better for your own sake. Even if you don't give a shit about the rest of us, for your own sake, do better. For Donald Trump, Mark Fields, um, Boris Johnson and all of them people there, All of you take straws and suck your mother's dry, suck your mother's dry because you are disgusting. You're despicable, despicable, despicable human beings who don't deserve to be breathing. But for some reason here you are. And, you know, for some reason we, the rest of us will continue to thrive. And one day you man will lose the power that you have that allows you to do such nonsense. Fuck you all. 
And that is it for this week's episode of SYM. Thank you so much for listening. I have been Kelechi Okafor, a baby girl. And this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. Send your letters to sym at kelechiokafor.com. Don't tag me in any bullshit. You can follow me on at Say Your Mind Pod or at Kolechnikov. Until I see you in a couple of weeks' time, keep everything tight, keep everything set good like the ice in a freezer, and keep your head up, all right? And don't let these people take you for idiot. White women, what did I say? Go and go and fix up. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this so Sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are gonna sip it, yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Collect you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind